Hi, I'm Ken Napsok, host of Watching Thrones. To watch this episode live and get to call in and chat with us about Game of Thrones, sign up today for a free trial membership at ScreenJunkies.com. Hello, Screen Junkies! It is finally here. It is time to watch and talk and break down and analyze and take all the things that we have in our hearts about Game of Thrones and give them and share them with you. This is Watching Thrones on Screen Junkies Plus and Beyond. I'm Ken Napsok. And I'm Michelle Boyd, and we are breaking down Season 6, Episode 1, The Red Woman. It's here, finally! We are here, and as always, we are not going to be alone. We are joined by by our normal Maester Japen fool. <laughs> Maester Japen, excuse Maester me. Japen. That was before Spen the show. Spencer <laughs> Gilbert, host of Doesn't Hold Up, writer of Honest Trailers, and Game of Thrones junkie. Good to be here, guys. I can't wait to talk Beyonce's Lemonade. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We're breaking that down. Live reactions, you can Skype in. Uh, today we have a very special guest. He is a longtime friend of mine, but he is also well-known for his voiceover work and as the main man, the dungeon master, the gamekeeper, if you will, of Critical Role on Geek & Sundry, uh, Matt Mercer. Yeah, Thank you guys Matt for Matt here. Huzzah! Huzzah! <laughs> it is uh, so good to have all of us here and yes. you out there in uh, the internet land. You will get to join in the conversation with us. You can Skype in. In at SJ Plus Live. We'll take your questions, we'll talk, we'll react with you, maybe we'll give you a hug during those important <laughs> moments this year. And then on Twitter, I've got the machine up, and we're going to be look, looking where you are checking in at hashtag Watching Thrones. Guys, we're here. <sighs> we're here. This, is it fair to say, Spencer, is one of the most anticipated seasons because we're in new territory. We're in brand new territory. I had a raging throner up until the episode <laughs> began, and uh, and here we are, new thrones. Can't ask for anything better. Absolutely. We don't know where we're going, Michelle. I'm so excited. Finally, the book readers are sort of in the same boat as the show-only readers. There's only a couple storylines I haven't quite caught yeah. up to, but everything's kind of brand new, so we don't get to be smug anymore. Smugness is no, gone. Smugness. It's a beautiful thing. We'll find <laughs> out so much. <laughs> Matt, I gotta ask you, when you're sitting down on the couch last night, press and play on this. I don't know if you DVR, go it, or now it, or whatever you do. Um, any, any nervousness, like, I don't know anymore? Uh, I, as, as one of the few people that actually, I read the first book. Oh, and then you uh, stopped. And then I stopped oh. because I got too busy. And so I ended up being one of those people who every season was like, yes, I get it. They changed it. Let's just enjoy it for what it is. <laughs> and, and so for me, going into this new season, a bunch of my friends who are big, longtime readers are all like, I don't know. I, 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 should I watch it? I'm like, yes, you should. And we should both be surprised. And you cannot give me any more crap. I love it, though. I love it. I love kind of that nervousness, not knowing where we're going to go. And uh, we're in wide open territory, guys. Yeah. So let's. You are, you are our call. We are your blood riders. We're here with you on Which this journey. Which call? My B team call? You're, I mean, you <laughs> could be the new t team call. I'm fine. Okay. No? Yeah, you're one yeah. of the college brothraki we saw last night. Yeah. Just yeah. kind of like, eh. freshman. Call Keno. We are definitely. Call Keno. Yeah. It's, um, it's gonna be fun when, when the uh, when the new book finally does come out at the end of the series, and we can go ahead and read through and be like, "Oh man, he totally changed it from the series." <laughs> it's BS. Uh, BS. Guys, our top story uh, is uh, the title of this episode: "The Red Woman." And of course, uh, all off season, it was kind of like, "Who shot Mr. Burns?" It was like, "Is Jon Snow gonna come back?" We get our answer. Kinda? No? Well, he's nothing. dead, but maybe dead. not for long. Yeah. And that's the big thing. Uh, we've got a clip of how the show starts, and I love this beginning. I want to get your guys' thoughts on this clip, because it's it's Castle Black from kind of a, a different perspective. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, we're flying over. Uh, we got that wolf howling. Look at this shot. Ah, it's just beautiful. I love this beginning. Michelle, what were you thinking at this point? Is that Castle Black? Oh, yeah, it's Castle Black. Can we just, maybe we go and he's just not there anymore. Maybe we go and he just, you kind of see him like walking along the battlements with his arms held right. high. <laughs> just undead zombie it. John. No, exactly. Now, this is the morning after. This is picking up pretty much right from where we were, Spencer. Oh, and yeah. it's been kind of a long night, right? 
It's been a long night. Uh, it's been a really long night for Ollie, who managed to age about a year yeah. or two in the span of 24 <laughs> yeah. hours. Um, no, when you stab a man yourself, it takes a little off you. <laughs> it happens, it happens. But yeah, that was, that was especially cold that they just left him out there to die under the traitor sign. Brutal. Yeah. Yeah, and there's and and there's some already the conspiracy theories are flying in that when they pulled the body that the the mass of kind of cold frozen blood there looked like a dragon. Really? really? I was really cuz I was looking for something. I was I was specifically looking to see if they were going to do some sort of I'm just regurgitating sort of image, and I I saw nothing. I, I feel this is the same people that have like their Jesus face in the toast collection yeah. in the back room. Like you're really having to read for that imagery, but you know. I failed that Rorschach test. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I, no. John Snow is in my breakfast burrito this morning. <laughs> <laughs> He's alive. Okay. Uh, guys out there, you guys are already checking in. Uh, Michael Bates on Twitter at pygmy underscore warrior says he had butterflies when the episode started, and he was not disappointed. You guys like this opening, uh, diving right in? Would you have rather have waited, Matt, or would you happy that, all right, we're getting some answers or at least starting to address things? I think because they're having to start to wrap up so many loose ties and not pull a lost here, they're going to have to start giving answers at some point, but that doesn't mean they can't introduce their own questions. So I think for as long as we've been waiting and as anticipated as it is, they had to tease or at least give something to us. Otherwise, we'd all be in here in this room now going, <laughs> so. I think it would have been fun if we literally jumped cut to John just walking around and talking and then just black face, just going 72 hours earlier. Some kind of high cable network related procedure. Or something, like Spencer. You as 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 a as a writer, man. You're like, is this how you would have dealt with it, or you oh, like it? Well, yeah, I think that this was of all the uh, plot lines on this episode, the Castle Black stuff was my favorite. Yeah. Um, you had uh, they didn't leave you hanging; they picked up right where we left off, and just the dynamics between uh, Davos and uh, Sir Alistair and the Night's yeah. Watch. I love the new dynamic of kind of. Uh, them locked in a room. It's like a movie I just saw, Green Room. Um, yeah. Very intense and, and sets itself, itself up well. It's kind of its own little bottle episode. It's, <laughs> it's own little bottle episode, yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about Davos' involvement. Sir Davos Seaworth, the Onion Knight, um, he's been at Stannis' society. He doesn't have that to do with uh, anymore. Um, but now it's kind of a new role. It's kind of, like you said, Spencer, it's, it's a new dynamic. It's kind of interesting. What do you guys think about his involvement in kind of this main storyline at this point? He's a leader. I love it. He's stepping mm -hmm. up. He gets to be the father figure to these new, like, kind of newly orphaned Night's Watch guys uh, and just kind of taking charge and being like, no, even though he's dead, I'm going to fight alongside Jon Snow. Yeah. And he's the one that has the idea of the wildlings. Uh, the bringing the wildlings. True. Dolores yeah. Ed uh, heading off for the wildlings. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's, he's one of the few characters, the very few characters in this series that are seem to be morally uh, honorable mm -hmm. and really like, you know, a good person and wanting to help out those that need it and really drive forward. But not in the oh, Stark way that's going to get himself right. oh, killed. No, he's yeah, he's, dead. You I just think he's a little him. bit longer for this world. <laughs> he's a little bit longer for this world because he's also a realist and he knows yeah. how the world works and he knows sometimes you got to play a little underhanded to stay yeah. alive. I think that's a great point, Spencer. It's, it's, we always talk about the sins of the Starks on this show. If you watch the recap episodes, it was, a, it was something we talked about every episode. Oh, those Starks, bold, kind of stupid. They get themselves into yeah. trouble because they're just too darn good. Davos has been from the streets, man. He's had a bowl of brown. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he knows deep cut. He knows how it works. He knows how it works. Uh, Lone in the booth, you graded on the research, but now you're working the phone, so just give me a thumbs up when we got that phone uh, phone call, and we'll uh, we'll start taking calls and breaking this down. Um, uh, let's talk about the Wildings, and Dolores said, uh, Dolores said, heading for the Wildings. Uh, we've got uh, does that, predictions on how the Wildings will get involved in this story. Michelle? Well, we know that giant's going to be busting down a gate. He's so going to be angry. Something. I mean, and, <laughs> and to be fair, part of the reason that they went after John was because the wildlings outnumber the Night's Watch so much. Right. So you got to wonder if that's going to come into play. Right. Don't forget Ghost. They got a little bit of a dire wolf going on. Yeah. Ghost. <clears throat> Excuse me. Ghost is there. Yeah. Not's not John, right? <laughs> no. <Yeah>. I don't know. <laughs> I was we'll waiting, though. Yeah. I was almost waiting for that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there, there's so many connotations with the the bloodline, like the Stark bloodline, and what power lies in there. And I'm curious to see if if any of that same kind of brand power tends to find its way into the story of John going forward. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, the, the the snow and the connotations his existence isn't just having a dangerous direwolf there. I think there's gonna be more kind of destiny, you know, connection yeah. between the two going forward. Yeah, not a little throwaway thing of get the wolf because yeah. we need no. him to fight. I don't yeah. think the Wildlings are gonna like it too much. John was the only one who cared about saving them, and they know the Night's Watch just. For 
freaking hate their guts. Tormund's loyal to that guy now, nope. so they've been through some stuff. We've got a phone call. It's our first phone call here on <laughs> Watching <laughs> Thrones. So bring them on, bring them, bring them on up. Hey, it <laughs> is. I know this. This is Brienne, Miss Movies herself, checking in. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Uh, we're uh, still kind of nervous. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Brienne, what is on your mind today? What do you want to talk about here? Um, I just wanted to talk about my favorite part from last night's episode, which was with Sansa. Mm -hmm. And, of course, my, my favorite character, Brienne of Tarth. So yeah. I just... Uh, I almost cried at the moment when she lays down the sword in front of her and, you know, is basically saying, like, I am here to, you know, take care of you. And Brienne and finally gets to save someone. Yeah. I know. It's great. I love it. It's anyway. a, what do you mean? And what do you mean almost cried? You should be able to cry. That's a, that's a moment to cry, right? Podrick oh, yeah. finishes the oath for. Uh, oh, man. Oh, Great moment. Stuff. We're going to talk a little bit more wow. detail about that, but let's talk a little bit. Let's jump to that right now about Brienne's kind of first victory in a way. Yeah. Her she beat up the hound pretty good. She, well, beat up the hound, but then she goes into the season of waiting for a candle. Yes. <laughs> and every time she gets to a Stark girl, they're like, ah, uh, pound sand. Candle Brian. watch she, 2016. She beat up the <laughs> hound so well that those other hounds just ran away, apparently. Oh, the after hounds. this time, yeah. just killed their masters, and all of a sudden, no dogs. All yeah. right. What, no, I was a little go? disappointed. I thought they'd be like these aggressive kind of pit bull dogs. Me but too. they look like, just kind of like sniffing basset hounds. <laughs> like, they didn't really seem yeah. too threatening when I imagined yeah. Ramsey Snow's hounds. Just yeah. specialists. to tear into yeah. Sansa. Yeah. The no yeah, specialists. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, Brienne was great. She took on four guys and uh, with a little help from Pod and really kicked ass. But, you know, she's got a Valerian steel sword. She beat the hound in single combat. Right. Uh, she, she kicked she's ass. She's going good. I love yeah. that moment of her jumping up and taking the guy off of the horse. Oh, it was fantastic. It, it, was, it was the Captain Phasma moment we didn't get. Yeah. She's like, <laughs> I can be anti-infantry even without anti-cavalry uh, anti weapons. Yeah. I'm going to be anti-cavalry. Because Brienne Tarth. And coming off of Star Wars, I'm glad that she actually had something to do recently. Yeah. I'm glad we got to see her face. That's a great moment. Uh, uh, let's talk a little bit about that, but let's go back to Jon Snow here in that moment of top. I want to kind of get, I don't want to bury the lead. I want to talk right now about the red Saggy woman. boobs. Saggy, saggy boobs. Um, I'm just saying, there was so much attention to this. And I was, I, meanwhile, I was still back in Dorne, and everyone's like, oh my God, Melisandre's old. And I'm like, you realize this is just because thousands of men realized they were fapping to Gollum's grandmother. Like, <laughs> that's really what the problem that's was. That's what you heard. Right? The and voice. I, sh I stand by that decision. I, 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 I'm a fan of Melisandre the person. I don't, I don't Ken, now you have a chance. You finally got a shot. God bless you, sir. There's plenty of mature websites now that have a whole new membership coming in. They're real happy. I don't question anyone's life choices. I'm just saying, like, okay, to me it wasn't that big of a deal. It's mentioned she's actually much older than you think. Oh, see, and she's still got those bright eyes. That's what matters, well, right? And, uh, and we're hearing that it, uh, that it was Carice Van Houten in a kind of a form of makeup and CGI, and uh, like she was kind of in there. So yeah, blow uh, the dust off of it. I Just like that. Like an attic. Um, so. <laughs> Hashtag like an addict. <laughs> so let's talk about Melisandre's part in this. I think going to the end, it's a show of her power in the sense that, well, we didn't know she was doing this glamouring and all that kind of stuff. And I want to come come to you, Mr. Critical Role. Yes. You've rolled some <laughs> 20s in your day. I wanted to. Can you explain a little bit the power and magic of, of, of gl glamouring? I mean, glamour magic is, is it's an illusion-based magic school or preference in which you uh, you utilize the ability to control how others perceive you and your actions, in which case you don't have to really be all that powerful to affect the world if others mm -hmm. believe you're that powerful. Uh, and so glamour magic is a way of either deceiving or bluffing those around you to to hide any reveal of your true nature. Well, you make a great point because what does Varys himself say? Power resides where men believe it resides. Mm -hmm. So when I say showing her more power, it's, it's just meaning like something else has been going on. We kind of suspected something. She admitted when she took that bath, and yeah, I know the necklace was off there. I think it's either an heir or she just, when you're concentrating, you have I don't the think power. it was the necklace. I think she was just holding it all in, and then she finally, and you know, just kind of melted. That's exactly yeah. what I think too, Spencer. I think that's, that's true. the point. It doesn't, I mean, yeah, obviously we have the visual cue of the necklace, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's exactly where, you know, she takes it off. Ah, oh, glamour off, glamour on, glamour off, right. glamour on, so. Yeah. Right, you were very protective of that necklace today. So I don't <laughs> stick around for the end for a true reveal. Wait until the end of the season, there, Ken. Hold on. Yeah, yeah let's get through ten. Um, so in one way, she's 
as an audience, we're seeing her power up overall, but really, I see it's a depressed and a defeated Melisandre. Are we all kind of in agreement there? Oh, she's had a bad couple days. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Actually, who really had the bad couple days is Stannis, because he was porking that. <laughs> so, Stannis <laughs> doesn't care anymore. Again, yeah, he has no idea. If I, if I know Stannis <laughs> like, I, like I do know Stannis, uh, he, he loved her for who she was and not what she looked like, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. Whatever, <laughs> whatever gets you through the night, man. Whatever gets you through the night. But yeah, man, she, she'd been in the wrong horse twice in a row. Yes. Yeah. Twice. And we, yeah. Let's maybe talk about predictions and how it relates. Now, we got Melisandre doing this. Obviously, it's the big reveal. It means something. Jon Snow is still dead, and we should we should track that all through the show. Is, is Jon Snow, Snow still dead? 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 Yes. Still com? dead? Currently yeah. still dead. Should we take bets on when he'll be uh, alive? Uh, I think we do. Yeah. Episode bets? I do. I think episode two. Okay. I think it'll okay. happen next, or, yeah, shoot. When and how? <laughs> when and how? Say, when and how? I say right towards the end of episode two, and I think it will be Melisandre. Yeah, when are we going to see the eyes open full of fire? I, <sighs> I think he stays dead the whole season, but episode Ooh. three, uh, uh, Davos starts, we can, uh, we can to Bernie's him for the whole season <laughs> and just puppeteer him to victory. <laughs> to throw the best party ever at Castle Black. It'll be great. Uh, I'll go episode four. I think that's just stretching the limit of, like, fan outrage. Like, is yeah. he dead or not? You can get string us along for four episodes before you got to answer that. I, I'm mm-hmm. thinking three as well. And and how, I think it all relates to Melisandre. And Spencer, I want to give you this moment because I, I really like your theory. We talked oh, about this oh, off air. Yeah. Why this all ties together in the revival of Snow and Melisandre. Well, I don't know if it really counts as a theory, but Melisandre has been known to say you must pay for uh, it. You have to pay for life with death. Something mm-hmm. along those lines. And she's already burnt alive uh, Stannis' daughter. She uh, pricked Gendry's prick or whatever. She's a... Uh, She's doing some blood magic, and it looked to me at the end like this was a woman who has come to terms with her death finally, and she looked like she was resting up to make a sacrifice. Mm. And I think that hmm. she is going to pay for Jon Snow's life with her own death. Oh, I, good... I'm I'm putting on my tinfoil hat and subscribing to my cult leader Spencer because okay. I think that is. <laughs> it. I, I do like this theory. The only thing is, what death are we talking about with Thoros of Mir bringing back Baron Dondarrion? Because obviously Thoros didn't die every time, even though in the, you know he's more of a shade. There's more of a shadow. He comes back as less. It wasn't really like, you know, Caldrogo Rago dying for three dragons. But I feel like, you know, to go, t- not to go too D&D with it, mm. but like different red priests kind of different like specializations. Like some okay. seem to be really good at, uh, you know, making up images and some are good at resurrection. And let's stuff let's like take that. a phone call, that. but when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about the red priest because it's obviously big and there's some stuff with the red priest over in Marine this week that I think was pretty important and pretty big. But we got a phone call right now here on Watching Thrones. Hey. Checking in Yo. via the house. Hashtag uh, Skype, SJ Plus. Hi, where are you calling from and who are you? I'm calling from Cardiff in Wales and my name's Owen Evans. Hello. Owen from Wales, which basically kind of seems like you're in Winterfell anyway. He has the proper (laughs) accent for this show. Perfect. It's it's pretty cold. (laughs) (laughs) Owen, where do you want to talk about? What do you want to talk about today? Where's your Um, your heart at? I was going to ask you which character do you think will die next? Death predictions. All right. Death predictions. I, I. Dolores said. Dolores. Dolores said's going. I think Dolores said's going uh, in whatever Aww. battle is going to happen with the uh, the Night's Watch. All right. I think he's going to. I'm going to bite it. I'm going to jump in the line here, and I'm saying same mindset. I think Sir Alistair Thorne might be the next to go. Which I think, in sure. a weird way, is, is disappointing to me. He's kind of a good leader at times. He's rough, he's gruff, but he gets the job done, Spencer. Gosh, I, I'll go out on a limb and say the High Sparrow, actually. I think wow. his head is going to roll, if not next episode, then the, then the one after. Mm. Uh, because he is, there's really, he's an uncompromising figure, and he's got a lot of enemies right now. Right. A lot of powerful enemies. And, and he's, there's some weird good cop, bad cop stuff with him. We'll talk yeah, about like that him. in a bit. That, that, was actually, that was actually my, my prediction as well, for the same reasons. Uh, I, I think the, the, the network that he's woven at this point has gotten a little too uh, intense and in pointing back in his direction, and uh, there's going to be some comeuppance. Because I think that's a big, good upset for this arc, too. Yeah. So. Right. Okay. I like that. Talk about unexpected like deaths. Oh, Owen, who do you think is going to go? I was thinking the High Sparrow as well. Really? For the um, s- same reasons, I think his time's short-lived, left on the show. There we go. Yeah, you want to make an enemy of the Lancers, that's fine. They're unpopular. But the Tyrells, and then the Crown, and then everyone's going to uh, have an arrow pointed at his back. All right, the Sparrows have it. Three to one to one yeah, here. Oh, I guess right. so. Owen, thanks for calling in so much. Were you, ha- were you, you. satisfied with the episode overall, Owen? 
Um, yeah, I thought it was a pretty good episode. I actually watched it at 2am. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the best time. Because that's when it airs across the world all at the same time. Sounds nice. great, man. We appreciate you uh, catching us now here live on Screen Junkies Plus. Guys, uh, you can Skype in using SJ Plus Live, and I'm monitoring Twitter as best I can. Uh, people like uh, Michael Bates, again, checking in. If Mel doesn't revive him by dawn, doesn't he become a White Walker? Good question. Uh, uh, Kimber and Tom are at Screen Junkies, uh, SJ Plus Junkie. Uh, I just hope they don't draw out resurrecting him all season. That would be a bummer. Hashtag wake your ass up, John. Yes. Which is uh, <laughs> Good hashtag. I can't imagine they do that. I think you're right, Spencer. Episode four is probably the most we can go with, right? Yeah. You, gotta, right. you have to do it kind of soon. Yeah. Otherwise, I mean, then there's rot starts setting in, and then you gotta paint that on his face for the rest of the season. Yeah. Look at the wall, though. The cold preserves it. Right? They, the, the ladies need okay. the kitty, the the pretty kit, the kitty print. <laughs> the kitty, kitty print, print, yes. <laughs> just turned into X Men. Like, kitty pride comes <laughs> kitty in the show. Pride. We're good. And at at Jakey underscore Pope, which is my new favorite Twitter name, John Meinhardt says, uh, "Hey, Thoros Hills Barrack immediately after his death, but John has been dead for a whole day, yeah. so." Maybe Mel Melisandre has to pay more, going back to your okay, theory. Guys, fair. I want to talk about the Red Priest, and this is jumping a little bit to where we see Varys and Tyrion just kind of strolling casually through a town in upheaval. Mm -hmm. uh, moving around along, there's a, a more there with the ships burning and everything, but there's a new Red Priest there. We see these ones from time to time. We saw one last year on the Long Bridge. Um, this one specifically highlights that he kind of believes Lord of Light and Danny close. One and the same. Interesting. Yeah. Which, up until now, we've been concentrating on Jon Snow kind of being the one. So, does this lead us to think that this song of uh, Ice and Fire uh, comes down to these two, or what? Where are we at with this? Hmm. Where do the Red it Priests just tells guy? me that the Red Priests aren't organized. Like, do they talk to each other? Is there any kind of agreement on who their prophet is? It's like... They don't. There's no Jesus, Facebook group. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Like newsletter. Can nice they pamphlet. They or conversely, they are well organized. And they're like, go, John, go... Oh, Crap. Ooh, ooh. Uh, go Danny! Danny go Danny! Danny! Danny. <laughs> they shift very quickly. Yeah, it's tough to get any answers about uh, religion as far as uh, yeah. uh, as Game of Thrones go. They're pretty mysterious. Mm. Yeah, and I think we'll we'll, we'll dig, uh, you and I were talking about, we'll dig in uh, more this season to the Lord of Light and R'hllor. We did a little bit in the recaps, but I think it it it, uh, it bears repeating because this is definitely seems to me that it's going to be important. I think there's a, even another Red Priest showing up in Marine, I don't know. I'm looking in, at the trailers. In so the casting notices, yeah, there's going to be another uh, another female, which oh, things are things are happening. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I think there is going to be another red woman, uh, which also lends to your theory, Spencer, that uh, Melisandre's not long for this world because they're like, ah, well, she's going to go. Let's can only bring have in one a at a time. Yeah, yep. that's it. There can be only one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like black uh, guys on Walking Dead. <laughs> like Martin Clifford checks in on Twitter says it'd be funny if next episode they bury Jon Snow and that was that I would love that, that would be I would love that, that would be I, I think that would be, be great yeah he's yeah. dead people it, die all the time it'd be the Skywalker yeah. not having a line in Force Awakens just this is what we're going with yeah. I'm, I'm hoping at the end of the season everything finishes the giant war happens whoever's declared victor or remaining is there and all of a sudden Bran comes up with a hood order and is like we finally oh oh oh, <laughs> oh. Uh, <laughs> guys uh, Jon Snow's obviously the lead and, and Melisandre turning into uh, her true self, which is centuries old, by the way, is it's definitely the lead. I'm sure we'll talk about it again here, but there are other big things in this episode, and perhaps the most impactful to the plot, though somewhat confusing, is the new Dornish plan. They made Dorn interesting! Okay, did first they, question. Did, did they this finally, is the battle. Finally. Interesting? <laughs> Meh. Or interesting? Stupid. Still Underwhelming. Worst part of the episode. You Let's do take it. Take your pick. Spencer, why? 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 It's just stupid on a lot of levels. Um, okay, I don't even know where to start. But, uh, <laughs> I guess working backwards, uh, how did those? How did the sand snakes get on the ship? I know with they, the guy that they know that they're the trying sand to kill. The snakes are the dread pirate Roberts. They were using the same wind. It's they fine. The they they caught up. Because <laughs> they cut up and then they just swam on and they're yeah. like no problem. And then uh, you know I know that there was eventually like a, a spear from behind, but was he? Was she really going to use a whip indoors in a ship's, <laughs> tiny ship's cabin? She's that good. That's the fight I wanted to see, was the tiny whipping that they were trying to do. <laughs> Absolutely. But I think that it, my biggest problem is it really undercut the character of Doran, of Prince Doran, who's supposed to be, he's the thinker. Yeah, well, he's let's, playing, let's watch that clip, too, as you talk, let's watch Spencer. watch fucking clip. No, as you talk, Spencer, take <laughs> no, it through. Because talk. He, well, as he says in the book, uh, mm -hmm. this uh, Oberyn was the viper, and he was the grass that the viper hid in. That he was the guy providing the cover, and he was playing the long game. This is a guy that didn't foresee that his entire palace guard apparently wanted him dead, that 
all of the sand snakes want him dead, and he does nothing bad. That's Captain Phasma, by the way. Talk about like cool looking and threatening and doing absolutely nothing. Aria <laughs> That Aria Hosa is the Captain Phasma in Game of Thrones. The maester goes. Did he really not see this coming? His whole character is he's smart, he thinks big picture, he right. sees moves before they're made, and he didn't. And he gets taken out with the tiniest knife of all time. So I will give this plot point this. It's bold. It's a great way, or uh, it's a way to start the season. I'll say we're here. We're in the story. It's going. My question is end game. And like you said, Spencer, it, you know, is the prince really this far removed? It's what Ilaria Sand is saying: is hey, you've never left this tower. Even your own guards here are like, hey, good, you're gone. Um, so we maybe have some questions, though. I like it a little bit, maybe more than Spencer. But Michelle, you really like it, or you? You're well, on board? I really liked it simply from a book reader's perspective too, because it was like, oh crap, this was actually a death I didn't see coming. So that was kind of cool. And I was like, oh, I forgot how this felt. Thanks. Uh, but I mean, for me, I just I think it. I agree it kind of undercut the character of Dorne, but it did illustrate what Alaria has been saying this entire time. Your people are pissed at you. Like, you are let, they, though? We never yes, see that. If we had one shot of Dorne and yeah. actual well, people being like, we're pissed, back, And that, that goes back helped. to, like, you know, why did Stannis burn his daughter when his, you know, soldiers are still there looking fairly healthy? Like, you don't get as much build-up to it as I would have liked to explain it all, but she has been saying for, like, episodes now, the people are pissed. You let, you know, you let your sister die, you let your brother die. You let all the you know. So we're going to kill you. Die. We're just going to keep killing well, family until well, no yeah, one's left. Yeah, so basically you're <laughs> dead, and it does make sense as to why all of his palace guard was no longer behind him. I, right. It was a bit of a jump, but I enjoyed the surprise of it. Well, people like uh, Maya Patton on Twitter checks in and says, uh, "What the hell were the Sand Snakes and Laria thinking? Huge mistake." And that's the question I'm going to toss to you, Matt. Here, as you jump on this series, mm -hmm. Is, was this just chaos? Direction? Are they a little uh, unhinged? Too I'm, passionate? I, because I didn't have the books behind me at this point in the story. This is I'm, why your perspective right, matters. I'm, I'm actually agreeing with Michelle on this. For me, my whole idea, at least how I had Dorne presented to me, was it was this this very beautiful cultural landscape, and everyone seemed it seemed to be the most together land across sure. all of them that exists. And all of a sudden, just the, the sand snakes are like. Mm. We want to rule. Like, it, it seemed to me it came out of nowhere, and all the political discussions and the tension against Dorne that they keep, you know, talking about in this episode didn't seem they didn't impact me at all. So I just felt like, no, oh, don't kill him. He's in a wheelchair. <laughs> my whole thing was I was like, oh my god, he's walking. That was the first oh, thing. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Well, that's your lesson with the, with the show. Is it someone has a sweet moment? He's dead. Oh, Prince Duran is up and about. He's dead. I really should have known. A lot of people agree with you, Spencer Tyler Myers. That Myers uh, FTW for the win says I agree with Spencer Gilbert the Dorn stuff is my least favorite aspect of the series Yeah, and I admit it was really messy last year I had a lot of hopes for the yeah. Sand Snakes it, it, was, it all takes place on one balcony in one garden and it didn't really change that it's a pretty balcony and like I said they just killed off the only good actors in that whole part of the world so now it's just the, the Cinemax quality Sand Snakes uh, Alexander was Alexander Siddig right uh, he, he got a great death though he really? got a good one and can we have Melisandre just bring Oberon back because I'd be okay with that. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. God. I'm just saying, I don't want to care about Jon Snow anymore if they could bring him back. I'd be happy if with that. If we're outside of the books, let's just do it. Let's yeah. just fan fiction it. Yeah. <laughs> Oprah comes back. He's been hanging with Catelyn. Jon Snow. Force ghost. Anakin's there. It's great. It's going to be fun. Um, so I guess that's a big question. Is Dorne interesting now? Or was it at all? Or what do you think about this? Hashtag watching thrones. And I'll try to look at where you're coming along. we got a call right now. Another person checking in here on Screen Junkies Plus Live on Watching Thrones. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hi, um, I'm Pamela calling from New York. Hi, Pamela uh, from New York. I love that we get callers <laughs> all and about here over there on the East Coast. So, Pamela, what, where, is, uh, where is your heart taking you with your question today? Um, well, I really enjoyed the episode last night, but the one thing that, uh, well, there were a couple of things, but the one <laughs> thing that really got to me was um, Ramsey's reaction to the kennel girl dying. Mm. So I was wondering how yeah. you guys felt about that. Uh, well, it was uh, just when Ramsey gets a little touching, talking about Miranda. Uh, and, oh, I met her at 11. That's great. Ah, you know what? Feed her to the dogs. Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, again, I'm, a, I'm starting to get a little worried that they don't quite know their own characters because mm -hmm. Ramsey, why would he ever, ever have a touching moment in the first place just to do the, that reversal? Because yeah. it seemed genuine. Like, he really cared about this person. They had this history. But, like, we've already seen him abuse her all the time. When has this person ever been sentimental? And it's not like he needed extra motivation to go after Sansa. Yeah, I kind of felt like they were only really doing this, like, 
touching emotional speech from him just to be like, oh, just kidding, he's still a psychopath. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it, Which would have yeah. been funny if he said that, then I would have been into it. If he was like, just kidding, <laughs> just feet of the dogs. <laughs> that would have been yeah, good. Yeah, that would have been a little bit better. It's just, yeah. It he just, looked at the camera it, and went, so untrue. Throwing gold me. coins at her corpse. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Matt, do you agree? I mean, you're not yeah. too familiar with this guy outside of uh, the show, so. Right, right. And, and Ramsey, I mean, I love the actor that plays him already. Yeah, I'm familiar yeah. with this oh, stuff yeah. beforehand, but the character is just, of he's, with Joffrey gone, you need that other, like, deeply disturbed, dark, just genuine, chaotic nature in the world. And he does that well. And to give him that that moment, as a person who didn't really know him in the books, I was looking forward to an, maybe an interesting tweak to his character, a layer right. that we hadn't seen. Maybe a little glimpse at what had made him what this is, possibly. Mm. And then they immediately diffused it with that response. And I don't know if they'll ever go back to that. Which is, I felt like it was put in there just to make that kind of impactful twist. And in doing so, it kind of cheapened the moment and robbed me of what I thought might be a little more depth to the character beyond just being a real you know, murderous butthead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a cheap pop in Agreed. wrestling terms. It was yeah. just like going for something there. Uh, uh, Rhea Beaton checks in. She says, Dorn was never interesting. And I think a lot of people are shut <laughs> it, which is disappointing because uh, if you're one of those snooty book readers like I am, Dorn was something to look forward to. Um, but I'm saying I'm kind of emotionally detached from the books at this point. It's a different property. Mm-hmm. It's like Douglas Adams believed anytime you retold Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, do it differently. I can separate now a little bit more than I could last season. And uh, all right, let's see where Dorn goes. I agree. Let's okay. see where it goes. Yeah. You know, is that army, are they going to start marching north? Where, any predictions on where you think Elara well, will take the and, Dornish army? Yeah, and that's the weirdest thing. I mean, I don't think she has any interest in leading an army. That's not what she does. I mean, if anything, she'd try to smuggle someone over to King's Landing to kill all of them, I guess. I'm not really sure what her endgame is at no, this but, point. Like, Marcel is dead. That's actually um, a very valid point. Like, like, there's been no aspect of her personality or her network of assassins that says that there is any interest in the political struggles or how to yeah. how to elevate their country or their people. They're just really good at killing people privately. <laughs> right. And then going, ha, ha, well done. Yeah. You, you agree, bitch. Yeah, so, yeah, so I'm curious what her long-term bitch. plan is. Uh, is Pamela still on the line? Sorry, Pamela, are you still there? No? Oh, sorry uh, about that. Bye, sorry about that. Bye, bye. I was going to ask oh, her wait, what oh, she thought about Dorn. So, well, again, you can Skype in now at SJ Plus Live and uh, give your thoughts on Dorn, give your thoughts on Ramsey, and your thoughts on Daenerys Targaryen, who is now wandering again. She's kind of back to where she started in season one, but she does have a sense of who she is a little bit better. And now she is... Uh, every she, title she has. Every <laughs> title. <laughs> which I love that moment with now uh, Cal Morrow. We're, we're calling him the B-team call. Uh, it reminded me of the sign Seinfeld episode where they ran into like bizarro Seinfeld friends. Right, right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like no one, they all, it was like we said off air, Spencer, I think we were talking about this is kind of like uh, they're cosplaying. Yes, uh, Jason Momoa did such a good job that they're like, can we get a Jason Momoa type? No, that doesn't exist. Eh, this guy will do. Like, they, is, they're doing like their his, best. His cousin, his second cousin, <laughs> right. Cal Mora, which is, uh, is uh, sounds like a normal, normal name. Uh, all right, guys, uh, Danny's, the storyline of Danny, and I think you and I sometimes agree with Spencer of, we don't get behind it maybe as much as others do. It's kind of lost over there in Essos. It's its own thing. It drags at times. Are you nervous now or is just kind of confirm your own doubts? Oh, I checked out on Denny a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and then when they, uh, not to jump too far ahead, but when yeah. they said, looks like we're not going back to Westeros, I said, yeah, of course you aren't <laughs> fucking going back to Westeros. You're never going back. We're just going to sit we here the whole We agreed on that two seasons ago. Yeah. <laughs> we're aware. You're not going anywhere. So, yeah, Danny, uh, I'm, I'm happy for her that she's bringing some new uh, uh, personal strength into uh, right. where she started, but she's exactly where she started. Yes. Uh, I, it's just annoying as a viewer, and if you don't have anything to say, just do what they did with Bran and leave her out of the season. Leave Cut back when you have something new to tell us. Matt, you agree? Yeah. For, for me, the, the moment that Danny became truly interesting to me in this whole series was when she finally embraced her destiny as the mother of dragons and had these entities, these mystical resurgence of magical beings that were growing up around her and saw her as the mother. Once they took the dragons out, I began to really not care about her at all, mm. and they've done everything they can to avoid bringing them back into the picture. And the end of last season came in, sure. swooped her out of the castle, was like, oh, finally, mother of dragons is back! In a field, walking alone, <laughs> dropping earrings. Drop cool, earrings. Cool. Dothraki whore doing donuts around her. Yeah, yeah. great. Yeah. Dragon's great. got the itis. Just <laughs> has to take a serious ribs nap, and, and they're just going to yeah. wait, I guess, this and it's, whole time. Uh, it's reminiscent of... Uh, just leaving the, the pin, the, the pin. brooch, the brooch yeah. from uh, Lord, of, Lord the Rings, of the Rings for Aragorn and uh, Legolas to find. It's a little less than Mohicans, one of my favorite movies, but it's Daniel Day-Lewis a finding trope. a broken toy. And then the yeah. other trope is, oh, Danny doesn't speak the language. Wait, yes, she does. Oh, <laughs> it's like the, they 
done that so many times now. Get a new move. <laughs> well, it's still smart, though. Isn't it still a smart play? Cal Morrow and the B team doesn't know this. I guess. I mean, come on, man. You're reaching. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to find, Spencer, that I reach a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. But uh, there's one important thing out of this. It's going to uh, drive the story. I think it's also going to drive what uh, Dario and Jorah and the best buddy cop comedy going mm, right now. So uh, bored I, with that I already. got a great moment with Jorah finally owning up to the pain of his friend zone. I loved it. I loved it. I'm good with it. Again. We acknowledged the friend zone two seasons ago. <laughs> but I'm he, over it. He's not really faced it. It's a good key moment for his therapy. That's for cool. Him. Until the grayscale takes him over. Is good that, for him. Is that a reach? Is that <laughs> yeah, a reach, Spencer? Yeah, yeah, um, but we do want to go into this week's Maester's Lesson with Michelle, talking about Viastoth Rack, the Temple of Dashkalin, and what this means for Danny and the season going forward. Hooray. So, Viastoth Rack. Uh, first of all, just for a little bit of context here, as far as where it is, uh, you have basically you've got Westeros and you have Essos. I think there's a map somewhere up here uh, showing just kind of how big this entire continent is. That's the big ass thing. The one on the left hand side is Westeros. That's where most of the action takes place. Sure. That big continent on the right, that's all of Essos. Where's America? Uh, where, <laughs> where Danny and uh, now Tyrion and Varys are in Marine. Uh, you've got, it's kind of about midway down. Yes, by our little baby dragon clipart. Where they want to, and then uh, Danny escaped on Drogon a little bit north. Where they want to take her is via Stothrak, which is is a little bit more up to the northeast, yay. Mm. And just for context, for King's Landing, where we're trying to go in Westeros, but it's just never, ever going to happen. <laughs> it's just over there with our cute little baby lion. So, uh, basically, Viastothrak uh, is kind of the city of the writers. It's basically the Dothraki capital, in a sense. It doesn't really have walls. Uh, the only thing, really, the only marker that you have uh, is these two giant horses, uh, the horse gate that you enter upon entering entering the city. Uh, and keep in mind, we've seen this place before, all the way back in season one, where Danny was bloodily eating that horse heart, and uh, Viserys <laughs> met his Ken-approved death with the golden crown. That was via Stothrak. All those little crones chanting in the background, those were the Dosh Kalin. That is what they want Danny to join. Uh, they are the crones, they are ex Khaleesi's. Uh, when the calls die, all of the Khaleesi's get exiled over to Viastothrak to kind of rule that city. Uh, you know, as, bar as barbaric as the Dothraki are, they do have a couple laws in Viastothrak. Obviously, don't bear steel and don't shed blood of any freed man, both of which Viserys decided to disobey and get his lovely, lovely crown. Uh, so, when Danny was uh, when Danny was widowed, she was actually supposed to go there right away uh, upon pain of death, so she kind of decided to go the other route, uh, birth a couple dragons, and take over three different slave cities, which I'm sure the rest of the Dosh Kaleen would have done had they known it was an option. So mm. that's where they want her to go. Uh, we'll probably get a little bit more, I guess, of a power struggle in Viastothrak. But to be honest, I'd be surprised if we spent a lot of time there before Drogon made an appearance wanting his mommy. She might break out of that. I don't think she's going to take over this horde, but I think that's where this all leads up. And maybe mm -hmm. Jorah has his final stand uh, and, and saves her, I think, maybe. I don't know. I'm still predicting that, but dies in the process. I still think Jorah's <laughs> going out this year. Or Melisandre goes ahead and brings Khal Drogo back. I just wanted to bring all the characters <laughs> I like back for the final season. Uh, on Twitter, using the has hashtag Watching Thrones, Danny checks in and says they're giving Danny, Danny uh, Daenerys Targaryen, all the same notes, and it's annoying. She hasn't had any good character growth in, like, like two seasons. I think that's one of your big points here, Spencer. We got a phone call again right now. Someone on the line checking in who you are. Who are you? I'll say that in English. Hey, I love the Force Awakens poster. Hi, who are you? How are you? Where are you calling from? Sorry. Hi, my name is Ryan. I'm calling from Boston. Hey, Ryan. Boston. Yes. One of my hometowns. Hey, Ryan. Go for it. Sorry, we're going to let you talk. Sorry. Um, I just wanted to ask you guys what you thought of going yet another episode with no Bran um, after writing him off for a whole season. I am okay with it. I'm totally fine with it. <laughs> He's going to come back, Ryan. He's going to factor in, but I'm okay with it. Matt? It frustrates me as a person who really loves the hint of 
the mystical in this universe. Like, you know, I mean, because it is steeped in such, you know, dark, gritty fantasy and the mystical elements are reawakening as part of the overarching, you know, history of the landscape. I love whenever they go into that. Um, and I was really excited about where Branzark was going before he vanished for an entire season. So I'm frustrated there wasn't any movement on that just because I want to see where that's going and hopefully we'll have a decent enough payoff for how long it's taken. But I mean, it didn't detract from the episode for me, but I am eager to see if it's going to go anywhere. Right. Yeah, I feel the exact opposite way. Um, <laughs> uh, I love this show uh, uh, as opposed to other fantasy because the mystical element has been so pushed to the side and been so unimportant to the story, uh, given the real raw human emotions and the and the politicking and the romance and stuff like that. That has been so much more compelling to me. And the fact that now they're resorting to, you know, ogres riding mammoths on dragons and people warging into stuff like that. I, I want that all to be bullshit in the end. And I want it to just all <laughs> be tricks and, and sparks and mirrors and it to really be just people trying to live in a tough world. Spencer's so. childhood heart is dead. Oh, long time ago. Long time ago. Where's your whimsy? Season one. I agree in the sense I don't want it to overtake the storytelling by any means. Right. But, but but I feel that with, with, with the drive that's putting into it, there are a lot of great character moments that could happen as long as they pay off. Like the... Uh, the, the mystical arc of what you know, Bran's bloodline holds, what what secrets he's being imparted up there in the north. I hope but it does. And they have been certainly giving him so much screen time that they must have an end in sight for this arc. I'm but really, it's been sorry, a lot God. of just him being dragged to the Keebler elf tree and like <laughs> having visions. That's it. Yeah. Um, That's the thing. I'm really looking forward to when they actually start showing him influencing things that he can see. And and we there's been hints that he's actually able to do that, whether it's by talking to people through the trees or actually able to, you know send crows or send people down like being able to take things over like that's what I'm kind of looking forward to is where he's actually able to influence the story from the Keebler elf tree that's true let's <laughs> say well, one of the biggest issues we found in previous you know seasons was the fact that all these stories are so separate there's no connectivity mm-hmm. and only mm-hmm. recently they're coming together if we got one person who can mystically text people via yeah, crow that's going to help with a lot of the problems <laughs> and, going, and I think we're probably going to see some tower joy flashbacks and that mm-hmm. might be from him so maybe it'll make the storytelling a little more interesting I'm trying to pull you back on the branch. No, no, no. <laughs> left, left the station. We, Is Ryan still there? Are you, are you a big branch? I was just going to say, did, we, did you miss him at all? Uh, yeah, I did. I mean, I, I, I'm weird, I guess, because I enjoy his storyline. But um, I don't know. I kind of thought after a season it would be nice to see him. Well, it looks and like. I kind of want to get some cold hands. Yeah. yeah maybe, we yeah. all want some, we all want some cold drop. hands in there. But, I, you know, if, if, it, if it's any consolation, it does look like next episode, I think, is going to be fairly brand heavy. So it'll be, hopefully, it's a birthday present to you. Yeah. <laughs> brand definitely. Thanks for the call, Ryan. Uh, we appreciate you, that. Guys, I want to go back to uh, Sansa Reek and Brandon Pockets. There's some moments here we handed out. We talked about Brand finally getting her victory. Mm-hmm. Um, Sansa Reek, um, talk about let's talk about that Brand moment a little bit more and what it means to see her finally finally come through on getting a Stark girl to agree with her. I was so happy. <laughs> I was so happy. As a, Brienne is one of my very favorite characters, and to finally get some sort of resolution and some sort of closure and some sort of just happiness from her of, oh my god, I did it! I finally saved someone! Keep that oath. Yes! Yeah. Oh, that made me so happy, because she's been she's been chasing it since the first time we met her, of yeah. just trying to do right by her honor code, and we finally got to see it. Oh I, oh, yes, thank you. Yeah, oh, here's her taking uh, the oath. Where she gets to <laughs> pledge her troth to yet another Stark woman. <laughs> and uh, there's, there's a great pod moment here, which is... Uh, Right there. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that, that inspires uh, our uh, top three moments of the week. We like to d- do this on the recap shows. So we're going to do this on uh, each episode. Pull something that inspires. Let's talk about Pod and his greatest hits. Uh, Podrick Payne is uh, definitely a uh, interesting, funny character, uh, but he's often overlooked. <laughs> Often because he's a stumbling, bumbling, can't skin and cook a rabbit kind of squire, but uh, he is a good guy. So our top three brands' greatest hits coming in at number three is uh, Bran and the Prostitutes. Wait, Bran or Pod? <laughs> pod. Oh, Pod. Pod. Did I say oh, Bran? Yeah. yeah. Um, Stop talking. There's prostitutes. Pod. Podrick Payne. Call him the tripod. Uh, as yeah. payment for saving Tyrion's life, uh, Bran and Tyrion decided to uh, throw him a little party. All expenses 
is paid. Except for the prostitutes said, keep your money. We still don't know why. We still don't know if they're faking it. But for right now, Pod has quite the reputation. Uh, number two is uh, from this episode. It's this moment with Sansa getting to give her uh, the right words for the uh, uh, oath, but also a nice kill. Jumping off a horse, falling off a horse with sword in hand, <laughs> mm-hmm. and killing a, a Bolden. And the number one on the list of Pod's greatest hits is, of course, back in season two, the Bla- Battle of Blackwater, saving mm-hmm. Tyrion's life, putting a spear to the back of Sir Mandon Moore's head. And that is the reason he is so valuable to Pod and now uh, handed off to Brienne and proven his worth, maybe finally. Podrick Payne getting some moments. Um, guys, there was other things here. Uh, oh, no. On- now I have to change my answer to who dies next. Oh, you think it's Pod? Never. I can't blame you for this. (laughs) Oh, man. Guys, I I can't imagine that 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 would happen at all. That you can't kill Pod. Well. This is a show that's killed the direwolves. It's killed Lady. It's killed. Uh, it's killed all those little furry creatures. So yeah. and others. Um, uh, we do have a call right now. I'm being told. So let's go to the phone lines. Uh, hey, you're checking in on Watching Thrones. Hey, it's everybody. our friend Jack. What hey, up? Jack. Nice to see you. Uh, first time talking to you, Ken. Nice to talk to you finally. Absolutely. And, and Matt Mercer, uh, uh, Critical Role is like the greatest thing ever. Oh, thank you. On the <laughs> internet, so I love it. So, uh, I wanted to ask you guys, uh, who in the books do you wish was actually in the show that didn't make it? Like, I, I wish Lady Stoneheart was a, was a storyline. Uh, I think it really would have blown some minds, especially for people who hadn't read the novels. Um, do, do you want me to explain who that is? Are we sure she won't? You know, for right now, yeah. Jack, great question. And, and uh, stick around. I want to get more of your answers here. But, yeah, I, I think that's a possibility. Uh, especially now more than ever because the stories are up in the air. Um, for me, I, I want the, the character of John Connington. Um, I think we got a little bit of that with Jorah, and I think a little bit now with Dorne might pick up some of the, the, the mantle of that storyline. Uh, you guys, who are you missing? Even Book One's got some great answers if yeah. you stop there. It's <laughs> like, Drista Warden? I don't know. I can pull from other series. Can I just throw folks in there for my favorite comics? Go for yeah, it. absolutely. <laughs> <Spider> <laughs> <Deadpool>. <laughs> we can pull some Nightcrawler into this series. I'd be real happy, guys. I'm just saying. Uh, we actually got asked this on Twitter this morning. I went with Wyman Manderley, who is a uh, he is a Stark loyalist who has been kind of married, intermarried with the phrase, kind of against his will, but he's biding his time. And I'm pretty sure he serves the phrase pie made of their own children. Yep. So that's a cool book character. Pretty brutal yeah. and in a yeah. great way. That's a little a, bit of breaking guests, <laughs> yeah. right? Sort of? Sort of. Technically, no. They did because it first. he had given them guest gifts and then attacked them on the road, in right. theory. Yeah. However, yes, I, I know. <laughs> giving the phrase a little bit of their just, Who just do you desserts. Want back? Well, he kind of stole mine. I was I was going to say Lady Stoneheart for sure, but okay. if I can no longer say that one, uh, Cold Hands is a good one. Um, I do I do miss cold, me some Cold Hands. Cold Hands, a mystery that might never be solved. Don't think so. Which do we think means Benjamin's just never coming back ever? If if that even is Cold Hands, we, we don't, don't know. know. Jack uh, Stoneheart, who else? Uh, anyone else he'd bring back? Well, you know, I think the Stoneheart's really the big one for me because it, it's such a it's such a crazy part of the book, and in the books, the her Brienne storyline kind of ends. At Stoneheart, so all the things they've been doing with Brienne are, are so different now that I don't even know what direction they would take that character if they even brought her back. But I, I kind of miss the phrase. Uh, I want to see Walder Frey one more time. I want to see, is he going to get his just desserts? Is the North going to mm. take their revenge uh, for the for the Winterfell and for the Starks? You know, I, I'd like to see him come back, too. Hey, absolutely. As my shirt says, the North remembers. I think we'll get that. <laughs> Jack, thanks for calling in. We Thank appreciate you, Jack. Thank we you, Jack. Appreciate Good to your see support. you guys. Thank you. Uh, Melissa Murdoch on Twitter using the hashtag Watching Thrones says, Pod for the Iron Throne. I can see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'd, I'd get be behind happy. that. Is he 9,000th in line? But he could do it. <laughs> Absolutely. There's It'll probably a drop of Targaryen blood in there somewhere. Everyone has some, apparently. So yeah. Yeah. Isn't his uncle or something the executioner? Uh, Ellen Payne. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so absolutely. He's, he's got yes. a he's got a line. Absolutely, there, uh, guys. Uh, some of the other storylines. There was a little bit more in this episode. There was a lot there. Uh, Cersei, Jamie didn't resonate with me on this week. I got to say. Yeah, that's kind of my overall critique of the whole episode. Is it felt like a previously on Game of Thrones. It was sure. a lot of catch up, which they need to do. Need and the first do. episodes aren't always their strongest. Um, but it was like Cersei, Jamie. Uh, did she tell Jamie about the walk she took? I know having your daughter die is a big thing, but she. Sh- 
She never was like, I had a crazy day yesterday. You know what happened? <laughs> um, that never got brought up, which I was looking forward to. And she didn't seem very changed by the whole experience. She um, did. She was playing the grieving mother thing again, which makes sense given the circumstance. But I mm. thought that all that experience last season would change her. Maybe it hasn't yet. There is a moment, we have a clip of it here of Cersei running. This is the happiest we've seen Cersei Aww. skipping like a little schoolgirl to go greet her daughter, like her daughter's coming home from school. And uh, it's, uh, it's like, the only moments of joy we've seen in six, uh, almost six seasons now of Cersei, and it's uh, it's crushed as Sir Robert Strong watches on there. Uh, guys, for you, anything about uh, Jer- Jamie yeah, Cersei this, resonate? This for me is particularly disappointing, just because it, it. I feel so bad for her. This is really just killing off. As Tyrion said, one of the only good things about her is how mm-hmm. much she loves her children. She's got one left. She has one left. Yeah. And I mean, granted, she's been kind of, as she told Jamie, she's been waiting for this for most of her life because of the prophecy. But I mean, at the same time, you, you still got to hope it's not going to come true. And she just, you know, what's going to happen when, when, mm-hmm. when Tommen dies? Right. Yeah. I, mean, hmm. I, I, I guess for me, too, uh, she's done a lot of grieving. She's had a lot of time to think about her. Whether or not she thinks she's sinned, or you know what her actions have you know befallen on her after all this time while she was in prison, mm-hmm. um, now to have this taken away from her, I was expecting more vengeful fire based on yeah. her past actions. Like this, this mark may have been what would put her into the okay, burn everything down. Fuck everyone who isn't us. Yeah, yeah. I, I say give or it, give us. it time, give it time. Yeah, sure enough, sure We're enough. We're the grieving part of the process. Just yeah. wait till we hit we, anger. We, we It'll got a get little there. bit of that with Jamie. To me, Jamie seems almost the closest we've seen him to season one, Jamie. Where we talk about his yeah. growth and his shades of gray, but now he's kind of like he and his sister. And uh, I always argue that maybe Jamie doesn't change. He's just always been who he is. He's more comfortable with it. Mm. Um, but he's kind of taken a little bit of that, though, Spencer, right? Kind of like yeah, screw the F the rest. everyone who isn't us is the yeah. unofficial Lannister words. Absolutely. <laughs> not with, not that need, they pay their debts. It's every, fuck everyone that's not us. <laughs> Is the real Lannister We need to motto. rework the flag. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about the High Sparrow. We mentioned him earlier real quick. Not a lot here. We got uh, Septa Yunella kind of doing her confess, confess her Nurse Ratchet uh, act there. Marjorie's in. The Tyrells, I don't it's know. It's all just set up. It's set it's up. It's set up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's literally, hey, she's still in Remember prison. Remember her? Yeah. Okay, yeah. And we're on. And Remember we her? Now. <laughs> um, Marjorie Ty- Tyrell not looking as good as she used to. Meanwhile. <laughs> Meanwhile. <laughs> back in she was, she's still in pretty damn good considering she was in prison for so long. Yeah, absolutely. Um, is there anything anything you see with the High Sparrow's Endgame? Anything? I mean, I don't. I've never believed fully that he was the holy man. None of us have. Uh, everyone wears two faces in this in this world. But any reactions to him being oddly this good cop to Septa and all this bad cop with Ty- Marjorie Tyrell? Gosh, I don't know. Like again, I don't know what his Endgame is. I truly don't. Mm-hmm. Um, if he really is as devout as he says he is. I mean, I don't know enough about the religion of the Seven to know what kind of world he's trying to bring about, but if he's going to chase and be all letter of the law about every single uh, incest or killing or raping or all right. this stuff in King's Landing, he's going to have his hands full. Right. Um, well, he, yeah. he, or he wouldn't if he manages to get everyone who's in charge of enforcing those laws under his banner. You know, right. with, any, with any sort of city-state that becomes a church state, mm-hmm. historically, you know, uh, it, they use the religion as a form of control over the populace, and those that live above that law line live as kings. And yeah. so it could very well be that he's just in this process of eventually taking the whole of the people under this banner of fear and that religion, and then once there is no one else not under that banner, then he's the new king of Westeros. Mm. Whoa. I like that. See, could all it all could revolve around that Iron Throne for everyone, even from Podrick Payne on up. Yeah, <laughs> I could see him being like, "Oh well, I'll take the Iron Throne if I must." Oh, yeah. no shoes. Like he would totally do that. Speaking oh, of, of, I can see, I can see, I can I see Jonathan so. Price on the throne. Oh, yeah. Gosh. Yeah. yeah, Speaking but that's of uh, Jonathan yeah, Price. So yeah. we'll, we'll just see. I mean, I, I agree with Spencer, and that's why I'd be surprised if the High Sparrow was one of the ones to get killed soon, because I feel like we just don't know his story yet, and I don't mm-hmm. know if the the show is actually going to kill him off without giving us more insight into that. Or if they're just going to be like, ah, he's just not important, we'll just move on. Yeah. yeah. Stephanie E. Garcia checks in on Twitter at Selena Kyle one two one says, can't wait to see Arya's daredevil training. Uh, and yeah, we got we, we're starting that. Like every good hero, like Luke Skywalker with the blast shields down. I keep making cross references to Star Wars. Just bear with me. Uh, Arya, as we know, last season was blind. Now she's a beggar on the streets, and the waif shows up for a little quarterstaff training in the middle of the streets. Um, obviously, this is set up for what's coming there. Any any thoughts? on Arya and where she's going. 
just that passerby seemed pretty nonplussed that uh, she was beating a blind child with a stick. I guess that happens a lot in Bravo. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, she, it's Tuesday. She, yeah. <laughs> Tuesday, time to beat the blind kid. Um, but yeah, she got a stick now. That's the plot. That's kind of got a stick, which is why I'm tossing it down here in the and the rest yeah. section. There, yeah. I mean, we get it; it's going. Um, I, her end game for me. We always talk about that phrase, the end game. I, I, I don't see her fully becoming a faceless man. It just doesn't serve the bigger story. There's got to be some break to me because she hasn't given up her face. She hasn't given yeah. up Arya. No. Right, right. She still has needle hidden in a rock somewhere. Yeah, and I don't know. I, I just feel like, yeah, this is obviously just continuation of her training, and I, I can't quite tell if Arya is smart enough to realize that. That you know, instead of really just this being punishment for taking a face, like, no, this is this is just stage four. This is just right. the next the next thing that happens to you. Right. right, and I think one of two ways. Personally, I think either one, there is even a stage beyond with all the other, uh, you know. Uh, faceless followers have gone and she is kind of ascending into the point where she becomes an, an avatar of the faceless god and and can mm. still maintain who she once was to do out what is necessary in this world that is changing so rapidly. Right. That's what I hope because mm. then that'd be just badass to watch her ascend even further than those that were training her and right. and Brienne would be like, I'm here to help you. Oh. <laughs> you got this. You got this. Yeah, you're cool, you're cool. I'm waiting for the wave to take off her face and it's like Stereo Pharrell. Oh. That's, that's what I'm waiting for. Come on. All right, indulge me, guys. The final thing I want to talk about in this section here is we got a little bit of Ramsey. We got a little bit of his father saying, ooh, nice victory. You think you're big and all? But there was a moment. We have a clip. JT, play the moment. The cavalry was impressive. Thanks to you, the false king, Stannis Baratheon, is dead. Uh-huh. Do you know who struck the killing blow? No. A shame. I'd reward the man. Still. All right, okay. okay. No. Stannis is still alive, no. right? No. Stannis is still alive, no. right, Spencer? Spencer, go with me on this. No. no. I took that to mean, hey, we found his body, his head was 50 yards away, do you happen to know who swung the sword? I thought the point of that line was just like a little girl power of like, hey, uh, sure. did you see the man? Dot, dot, dot. Right, right. Oh, it was a woman. I get it. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I think that it was a, uh, he's not alive, dude. Matt, you're the new to the scene. Please go with me here. He's, he's the ghost of Winterfell, right? He's still Live, right? Sure, Ken. <laughs> Don't do it, man. No, I can, Don't feed I, this. I, I, I can see why this would be an interesting plot point, but also it, it, it would I think it would rob a lot of, of uh, Brienne's whole arc and her yeah. whole reason for going there. It would it would take all that out from under her. And to be fair, Stannis there wasn't a whole lot of growth going on there anyway. Like he was just kind of in that pit for a long time. He was, it was time for him to go. All right. Yeah. All right, you guys. I'm going to try again next week. <laughs> Say goodbye, Ken. All right, guys. We, uh, we're going to do shortly here some trivia. So I want people to call in. Hashtag SJ Plus Live. As we wrap up here, you're going to have a chance to compete for a Screen Junkies shirt and uh, play what we're calling Trivia by Combat. I do want to discuss our ultimate power move of the week. Who made the biggest, boldest move? Uh, you can weigh in uh, just w with who you think might be. I'll start off by saying, as crazy as it may seem, the ultimate power move of the week for me is Ilaria Sand and the Sand Snakes yeah. doing yeah. something bold, brave. I don't know if they have an end game, but it at least was a move of power. Hmm. Anyone else? You agree with me? I agree with you. By yeah, comparison, no one else. With you. Uh, yeah. Tyrion tried to eat that baby. That was cool. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was a pretty powerful can I, move. Can I just say, I felt so bad because once again, it was just this moment of Tyrion trying to do well and trying to be good to his people, and it just goes so horribly wrong. Yeah, it's a power move. I'm going to eat your baby right in front of the mom. What, what does he say last year? My, my high Valerian is a little not is a little bit it's nostril. Little nostril. Yeah, nostril. It's nostril. <laughs> good thing nostril. he has Varys here. This core store storyline. And this whole scene just set up again. We talked about Spencer. You mentioned the ships being burned. Is it by the Sons of the Harpy? There's mention of Varys trying to find out who uh, the Harpy is, and I think that will pay out. But obviously, just set up for that stuff there too. Uh, uh, Long, give me that thumbs up. We got someone ready to compete for trivia. Okay, uh, this is uh, we're going to be doing this every week. It is trivia by combat, different games of trivia. So who do we have on the line? And I'll explain the game after that. Hello. Hey, how are you? Ready for some trivia? Yeah. Yeah? Uh, Evan from Sweden. Hello. From Hi. Sweden. Check Hello. in. What's, Hi, what, Evan. Uh, what'd you say the name was again? I, Evan. 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 Got it. Evan. Got it. Got Hi, it. Evan. So, uh, Evan, number, how did you like the episode? What were your thoughts about this week's episode? Game of Thrones, not uh, us. <laughs> it was okay. That? It was okay. Yeah. It opened the season. 
fine. Well, yep. that's a lot of ketchup. That's kind you. of always the point there. Uh, so, yeah. so, Evan, you are uh, the first up for Trivia by Combat. This is pretty simple. We're going to give you three questions. You have to get all three right. It goes from easier to hard. But here's the thing. At any point, you can declare a champion for your Trivia by Combat trial here. And you can call on any one of these people here. We're going to give you the question. If you feel you can't answer it, you can call on them. But then you have to use them for the rest of the game. And if you get all three right, you get a Screen Junkies t-shirt. All right? All right. You ready? Okay. All right. I have, here, here, I have faith in her. I think she right. can do it. Here's the first question. This was the name of Sir Davos's son who died at the Battle of the Blackwater. Ooh, I don't know this. There's... Was it something on T, like Torin, Torin? You, you can declare a champion. Yeah. Who are you going to call gonna... on? You don't want me. <laughs> I don't know this one. Uh, I'm so bad at names. Uh, You're gonna go, we got Michelle or Matt? Michelle. Michelle, you've been declared the champion. This was the name of Sir Davos's son who died at the Battle of the Blackwater. Oh, no. Starting easy. Is that really the easiest Seriously, one? Seriously, thanks, guys. Oof. Oh, no. But I like Evan. I don't want to let her down. Because um, <laughs> he, had, he had a lot of kids. Yeah, I don't remember. Lunch. I know he had one that died at at, at Blackwater. Oh, I want to say I want to say Devin, but I don't think that was the one that no, died at Blackwater. No, you don't want to say that. No, one. I don't want to say Devin because <laughs> Devin is clearly wrong. Devin I'll and Devin is one quick. of the younger ones. Devin, uh, we're going to give Spencer a second to what? to look at something <laughs> on his phone. And, oh my All gosh, right. um, we, da, da, uh, Davos. I'll, I'll da, take the gods no. have spoken. No, the seven have spoken. No, I don't want to let her down on the first. Question? Oh, this yeah. is so. Stop it! Yeah. Sign it to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to declare that uh, the guys have spoken. I Big fail remember. right off the bat. Evan, I'm take sorry. one guess. Take one guess. Tell her what it starts uh, with. M. M. Starts with an M. Ah. I uh, never would have gotten this. Maron. So no. close, but it was Mathos. Mathos. Mathos is the one that died. All right. Well, yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> okay. Okay. Hey, yeah. Evan, you can didn't win this week, but maybe we give her one more? Just okay, to, like, Evan, just try. Yeah, yeah, we'll give you one more. We'll give you one. I think just you're reading them backwards from hardest yeah, to easiest. Okay. Let's just try. All right. Let's see if this works for you. Uh, true or false, Evan, the faceless men also worship the Lord of Light. Well. That's false. It depends. I mean. No, it's, 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 it's true. What? They believe what? all other gods. This is bullshit. Just different names for the many faces. Evan, we're on your they side. Believe, this sorry, is not Evan. Cool. We clearly have some kinks to work out no, with this trivia. No. They believe in <laughs> all of the gods, one of which is, you know, the, 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 the Lord, Lord of Light. Light. But, yeah. but yeah, but they consider the Lord of Light also the many-faced god. Like, yeah. every god is every the many-faced many god. Every god is the many-faced god. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, okay, Evan, we're going to work Evan, with Ken on the question. Evan, you stay on the line with Juan. And uh, we'll send you something We're going to work with him, and next week we got this. <laughs> Speaking of next week, uh, Bran is back. You guys, uh, we talked about Bran. That's going to be there. Uh, we also got Jamie uh, facing off with uh, the High Sparrow. We got some good stuff for next week, but it's still maybe a little bit of catching up. Uh, any, any thoughts on what's coming up next week? Any predictions? Yeah, where last we left Bran, he was in a tree with a guy <laughs> in, the tr- in the tree and Mira Reed, and, um, and he'll be learning to fly. He won't walk, but he will fly. So that gets you up to speed with we got Bran. Some, some visions coming. Who else haven't we seen? We haven't seen Littlefinger. We mm-hmm. haven't seen, seen Littlefinger in like half a season. The Iron Islands. We know that Yara is going to be in this season. Um, a lot of great joys. You guys- I say the whole episode's going to be about Recon. That's it. Yes. Yes. Not even doing anything. Just walking. Just riding the unicorn. I'm all right with that. As we do on each week, we got to say goodbye to some people here uh, in our death count of the week. And uh, the Boltons lost some men, but really the death was down in Dorne where we lost Prince Duran, Area Hota. (laughs) Bad fortune cookie. Maester Colette, or Coletto, Coletti? I don't know. The maester. He's gone. And Tristane Martell. He's pretty, but his moment was brief. And how would he have fought someone with a whip? In that room. It might have turned out differently. (laughs) Oh, I thought you were going to do it. Oh, so harsh. So harsh. (laughs) Uh, It's an interesting episode. There's always a debate with the episode one, Spencer, of what makes a good 
comeback episode. It's a roll call of sorts. Uh, in the end, do you think they came through with this one? No. No. Uh, <laughs> I think this was, uh, it wasn't, you know, Rob and Aaron drinking a breast milk milkshake week, but it still wasn't the strongest, uh, strongest start. You guys, pilot, uh, the pilot episode, not counting. Uh, first episodes two through five. How does this compare? I think they could have advanced the story a little bit more than they did. I think they were a little too concerned about getting people caught up, and the story suffered a little bit for it, which is why I like the Dorn move. Yeah, yeah. but but yeah. even so, the the problem I have with that is the fact that the the one real risk taking moment in this opening episode was within a location that seems seemingly has really little impact on the rest of the storylines we're invested in. So I agree, it it was still a fine episode of television. Comparison to previous seasons, I felt it was one of the weaker openings. Okay, I actually kind of liked where they came. I think there's some bold stuff, and it started and and again the end with Melisandre. It raises questions. It definitely uh, was interesting, intrigued, intriguing moment that got people talking, and and some. Sometimes it doesn't happen in episode ones with Game of Thrones. We get the dragons learning how to cook and grill fish from the ocean. But uh, we're back. Uh, as we will every week, Spencer's going to help us decide and learn uh, or tell us what we learned in oh, this week's episode. Well, yeah, circling back, I think we've learned that the the boobs in this episode, uh, in this series, are gone. We need to say goodbye to boobs. Um, you know, we love them. Game of Thrones has delivered them to us consistently, but, you know, they're over. What It started with Cersei. Uh, those aren't the boobs we want to see. We don't want to see them getting rocks thrown at them. We want nice ones. And then it, the cap was today with Melisandre turning into an empty plastic bag. I mean, this is this is a show that used to use boobs as, expo- as exposition distractors and as ways to hook you into the series that they're now moving farther and farther away from, which is fine. It makes sense. I personally think that you could use them to lighten the mood a little bit. It gets a little dark sometimes. It was something to keep you going. But there's boobs on the internet elsewhere. That's not, okay. Not just boobs, like wieners too. Like this. Yeah, the, the I'm gonna, wiener, and now they're re- to replacing be a it with a little bit more equal now, opportunity. They're yeah. replacing it with wieners and man butts. But when we are getting a big frontal of Hodor's flaccid penis next season, I hope you're all happy for what you've done. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, let's just say let's That's what we learned. I you know, let's give a toast to the boobs past and just appreciate what we had for a while. All there right. we go. Cheers. That's yeah. what we learned. Guys, that is the first episode of Watching Thrones in the book. We are going to be here all season breaking down, uh, reacting, having easier trivia, doing a lot of different things. <laughs> this season, we're going to have Maester's Lessons, What We Learn, Death Counts, all that fun stuff. I want to thank you all for joining. Oh, and also want to remind you, uh, yeah, you can watch us here with video and our beautiful faces on Screen Junkies Plus, ScreenJunkies.com, but you can also hear our voices, a lot of locations from you to choose from, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud. We're on Google Play. And don't forget, Screen Junkies Plus, not just this show, but all of it is on Amazon Prime. You can see us there uh, in the comfort of your own home on Amazon Prime, guys. Thank you so much. And I want to especially thank our guest, uh, Matthew Mercer from Critical Role. Thank you for having me, guys. Absolute pleasure. You guys are doing such great work over there. You, you. Marisha, the whole team. And I'm so happy. Uh, So tell everybody where they can find you and that show. You can find me uh, on Twitter at Matthew Mercer, uh, which is on this screen I see, so that's easy to find. Um, we Critical Role, uh, I Dungeon Master for a bunch of other voice actors playing Dungeons and Dragons live on Twitch every Thursday at 7 p.m. Pacific uh, on Geek and Sundry's Twitch channel. So check us out every week. Awesome. Absolutely, yeah. Michelle. Uh, you can find me on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter, all at, at Michelle Boyd. Right there, it's right there. And Mr. Spencer Gilbert. Oh, you can find me right here on Screen Junkies Plus all day, every day. <laughs> so that's that's the long and short of it. <laughs> Go on this website, I'm probably somewhere close. Me as well. I can absolutely cross all social media platforms, and you can use the hashtag Watching Thrones all through the week to tell us what we missed, how much we missed, and how much we are wrong, because I'm sure that's that. But also, maybe if you agreed with us, and we love having that conversation all through the season. We will be here next week after episode two on Monday, 1 p.m. Pacific time. Thanks to Jay. JT in the booth, Lon Harris with the research, and Ryan Elliott for making us look pretty behind the camera. Guys, we have watched The Thrones. We'll see you next week. Uh